But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. The infinite wealth was all the friends we made along the way. (laughs) Uh, Are you done with it? Did you finish it? I finished the main story, and I'm now in the post-game. Wow. Of course, there's more. How many many hours did that take to get to to finish it? Oh, around 180 hours, but I was taking my time and doing a lot of stuff. Right, but I mean... I was doing a lot of side content. Right, but from what every indication I've heard is that the game is a lot bigger than Like a Dragon. So that, that that tracks. Oh, yeah. That totally tracks. What were you going to say, Jacob? Sorry uh, to interrupt. No, I, I am going to say that Twitch seems to be having a moment. Does it? Oh, no, it's working. Oh, good. Okay. It took it a second. Let's see. Um, all right. Uh, your co-host, Julie. Hello from the sunny, warm north where we haven't had to shovel snow in weeks. Uh, in spring, February. Spring is now two months early. Um also joining us is your co-host, Thorsten. Uh, welcome to our most complicated topic yet. Uh, is it? Maybe? I don't know. One of the more complicated uh, ones we've covered? Yeah, yeah. probably. No, I, I don't know. Yeah, you might be right. I don't I'm know. Sure. Usually we get a little simpler, but today's a little complicated. Uh, also, your co-host, uh, Jacob. Didn't you read our manual? <laughs> and your co-host, David. There's Earl Grey, and here I am drinking some liver tea. Uh, you're welcome. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so friends, um, uh, first off, let me apologize for no show last week. I was so effing tired, it wouldn't have been fun for anyone. Um, so I apologize for skipping last week. That happens sometimes, I find, as I get older. Um I'm trying to exercise more and be more energetic. So hopefully that works. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was so tired. So I apologize for that uh, last week, but we have a, we have a topic uh, this week that originated from a stream. We did about a month ago ish, two months ago, roughly within the last two months for a game called, um, I believe it was the planet crafter, right? Yes. Uh, and, and the title is a lie because you are not crafting planets. The, cr- the planet is already crafted. It's already there. You, you are uh, crafting on planets. Yeah, you're crafting That's on right. the planet. You're dealing with the aftermath of a planet being crafted, basically. Um, and Spaz and I got into a, I won't say heated, but a politely... Lively debate. Lively debate. Yes, thank you. That's a good way to put it. Lively debate about how much game, how much information a game should provide in the game. Now there are now as games have gotten, you know, wholly digital and more complex, you know, a lot of games um, rely more on, I mean, a lot of games have tutorials. Sure. But a lot of games also rely on uh, external wikis and things like that. Like Dwarf Fortress is a great example of that. Um, And I let, I kind of lambasted, planet crafter because it didn't have even I felt what should have been the most basic of information. Like I believe it's no man's sky. When you walk away from your base and whatnot, you still have a little indicator as to where your where all your stuff is. And this game didn't even have that. And that was jarring and annoying. And it like, it made me think I'm in a spacesuit from an advanced spaceship. Why don't I have a compass pip pointing me to where my escape pod is? You know, that sort of thing. Like just, I felt the most basic information and spaz your, I believe your uh, counterpoint was that in certain types of survival games is expected to give the player as little information as possible um, yes. to make it more and of that's, a challenge. That's a, it's not just that it makes it more of a challenge. It's, if for a game like the Planet Crafter, okay, if you it, let's compare that to say a game like Astroneer. Astroneer skews toward a more casual audience with a lot of its players because of, because of its aesthetic. They know a lot of people will be playing it with their kids. Mm. Therefore, they know that for onboarding, they have to make things as simple as possible in terms of using more iconography 
and including that information in the game, like uh, what planets have which kinds of minerals you can harvest, or which kind of gases you can uh, you can harvest. And the reason why they put that in the game directly is because they know people are going to be playing with their kids. So that kind of onboarding makes sense. But mm-hmm. if you take a game like, say, The Planet Crafter, or to use a more extreme example, something uh, like Dwarf Fortress, they have survival elements, mm-hmm. but there is so much of a different expectation of the player base they are the the developers are aiming for right. the the amount of of complexity and and detail needed there's there's too much granularity to say well we can have all of this in the game maybe you can but a lot of hardcore players aren't going to want that they don't want hand holding hmm. and so and so, for you, Brian, taking it from the perspective of someone who plays more casually, and you also go into games blind, that leaves it with, if the information isn't in the game, it may as well not exist. Or, as I've seen other people uh, streaming, they'll see a whole bunch of text for in-game tutorials and help, and they'll say, that's too much reading, I'm not reading that. And then they close the tutorial and then try to figure it out. Uh, it's funny. I've bring- seen it go the other way too. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. Um, I I have Starfleet two streaming in the back because that's an example of like trying to do everything. It's got in game tutorials, but it also has a manual. You know, uh, but the manual, the tutorials kind of rely on the manual, so it's a little bit of both. But I saw someone play that for the first time. Someone made a YouTube where they played it for the first time and they had the exact same reaction you just said. They were hit with a wall text and they're like, oh, I'm not reading all that. And they just started playing. And I know what Trevor felt like the first time when he watched me playing it for the first time. I knew exactly what Trevor felt like. In reaction. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because like, oh, no, you're supposed to. Oh, God. Oh, gee. Oh, but he um like and and it made Trevor like think should I put more information in the game telling people this is what you need to do to get <laughs> cuz we he can't put the tutorials in the game it's a DOS game you know he only has so it's, much it's too, yeah but too big at the fit. same time he could put in some text saying you should really do the tutorials you should really read the manual we thought we put that in there but apparently it wasn't enough because he just skipped over all that and it's, it's like oh boy oh oh this is so so yeah, I, I think that that gentleman had the same kind of reaction that you were talking about. And I felt like it was a similar reaction I had to the planet crafter where it's like, Oh, you're just going to throw me into this. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but also consider that for games like the planet crafter or Arma to give some very, very detailed examples those aren't typically a person's first game. That's true. A, a casual player doesn't simply jump into something like that blind. If if they're going to play a game like that, or DCS, or Microsoft Flight Simulator, they're going to actually do some research beforehand, have an idea of what they're getting themselves into. They're not going to jump in blind. That's true. Or at least they so, shouldn't. <laughs> they shouldn't. They absolutely shouldn't. And so... The way you that that you approach games for this for our streams is representative of someone who is going in blind, but not necessarily representative of someone who has experience with the genre and knows what they're getting into every time they go into a game. For some, that works. For others, it doesn't. So, I mean, I guess my my issue is: should the developer even try to cater to someone like me by adding more player aids? Or do they stay true to their vision of a more hardcore experience for the more experienced, uh, like in this case, survival game player and just forget it. We're just, we're just going, we're just aiming right for the hardcore. Forget you noobs. If I I may. Of course. Going, going back to grad school, uh, the guy taught marketing was director of marketing for, uh, for Motorola, 
And the thing is, he always, and the thing that he always used to say, and this feeds into why it's important for uh, game developers and a game company to understand their audience and it was just on on the other show we talked about some game developer who just said the reason there's problems is because gamers don't understand game development and it's all your fault uh and that's just nothing but an excuse what's important is to understand your audience and good marketing what he always used to say is making your product meet the needs of the consumer so it's important to know that if your audience is primarily like Spaz says, people are playing this with your game with your children, that you're going to have to onboard them and explain everything and lead them by the hand. On the other hand, if you're playing something like we have a static group like Final Fantasy uh, 14 on Sunday nights, and anytime we do a new dungeon, the first thing people ask is, did you watch the video? Uh, because otherwise, in some of the higher level dungeons, you're going to be lost, and it's not expected that anything like that's going to be in game so i think the the good deciding factor is understanding your audience who's buying your game who's playing your game this is why community managers exist Mm. and they're done that (laughs) and i i i mean i've 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 read i wrote the tutorial for for quintet and i've and i have been its community manager since well, let's see, and it's 10 years, even though there's not very much of a community right now, the the fact is I've still been there. So having been on that side, I can safely say that if you know your audience and and the audience is the audience is the, the kind of audience you're catering towards, then they'll help each other out when there are things like uh onboarding that haven't necessarily been explained in game but have been obscured or or omitted specifically so that there is some sense of discovery for the players that are coming in now some need more help more onboarding help than others and that's where the the community is supposed to help bring them in and and grow the player base but go ahead well, I was going to say, see, the the flip side of that kind of thing that I've seen is uh, I played EVE Online for six years, and people say, oh, you were just a casual player. I said, no, we did zero security space in the whole nine yards, and I was the industry part of it. But it's expected that this game is in so much depth that you're going to need a lot of help. And a lot of corporations like ours said, okay, we're going to help you with this and this and this and this. But when the community says we need help with this, and since I know I can swear with this on this show, is what irritates me is when the community does ask for something and devs at CCP not only just say good it good but they just say they make a little song that hides harden the fuck up and now that the company has been sold i say who has to harden the fuck up now sometimes you really need to listen to your audience because people used to say well you know uh, all the people or the gankers are running out of victims. Well, this is, you have to understand, sometimes people want to get into something that's been established for a while. I experienced this with Eva, with not Eva, with Eva Online, and, but with the EverQuest games, you know, the game has been out for a long time and there's nobody in the lower levels to help you. So you got to find somebody who can help you. And it's, I don't expect the instructions to be in game. But what I don't want to deal with is, now I understand it's an old game, but when I went into Ultima Online and I stood there for the first day and I said, well, what do I do? And they said, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I need a little help. And uh, somebody took me under their wings. So the, the game, the players are sometimes really important, but I don't think your developers can always just count on, well, the, the other players will help you. The community, of course. It, there are some communities that are very dedicated to. Uh, this is why community discords exist, where they they help the other players, new players, get in, and and so if a thing is not explained in the game, 
they have a place to turn. Uh, something we brought up before the show is that one of the reasons why physical manuals are no longer a going concern is because if a game gets balance patches, that can render anything that's in print obsolete from the moment the patch goes out. And if you're looking at a print manual for a game that's 10 years old and it was printed 10 years ago and there have been months and months worth of patches since then, how much of that print book is going to still be accurate? That's mm. one of the reasons why online guides are the main source uh, player made guides even are a main source of information or wikis that are that are player run are a main source of information for things even when there is plenty of in-game information sometimes you need something very specific that would not be included say quest help and you have to look outside the game because nobody in the game is going to tell you necessarily hmm I, I appreciate Julie. We we can't hear you. Sorry, it's that it's this headset. Uh, I appreciate what No Man's Sky does in the beginning, and say they approach onboarding somebody through quests and say, "Okay, and here's what your journey is to start out with." And I understand it's going to get more complex. And um, in Eaglesoft and the X4 Foundations has uh, in-game explanations that way. But I understand that it's going to get a lot more complex and a lot faster. And this is why I congratulate Eaglesoft for having such a wonderful Discord that they sponsor because I have yet not to have my questions answered. And I know largely it's because their community is so helpful, but still uh you know i've seen examples where people say well we have discord well then why isn't it on your game someplace and yet there's other games i played to say yes we have discord here it is come join us <laughs> i think a game that did this well uh i played it this morning was that imperiums game um because not only does it have a ton of information inside the game uh like it's not a wiki but it's like a like kind of a in-game manual. It also has a link in the main menu to the PDF manual, which is very long and comprehensive. And it also has a tutorial that lasts almost an hour. <laughs> it's got, uh, got quite a bit of uh, onboarding help because it's a pretty complex game. And, and I, th I think if it can even help an idiot like me learn how to play it, I think it did a good job. But I think Maybe that, maybe again, they know their audience. You know, that's the thing. Maybe because it, it definitely leans more on the side of more complex for a more complex forex than your typical. And so maybe they, maybe they understand that. I don't know. <laughs> it just, it just, it just bugs me when a game like it. I don't know if it's, I'm going to say it's lazy, but. Going back to like Planet Crafter, the the fact that it didn't even have what I felt should have been some of the most basic information a space suit game should have just still bugs me. <laughs> like I'm in a I'm in a spacesuit. I should have a certain amount of information <laughs> on a HUD on my helmet or something. Or <laughs> but I didn't even have that. I think and, that's I think that's an ex it's an expectation of of how you prefer games to be played because to an extent, and th this is a, a point I'd made in previous shows that, that one of the things that has, uh, it's, it's made, it's made gamers a little bit, I don't want to use the word stupid, but I think that less, less willing to, To explore, to add, for the sake of exploring, is mm. the way that Skyrim will put map markers for everything. And I mean everything. So, you just passed within 20 meters of a place, you get a map marker there. 
I love so, that. So yeah, you could explore them. I love them. that. Yeah. You, so here's the thing. Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. When you have that, it sets an expectation of if you have a quest, there's going to be a map marker. Right. So yes, yes, that means that uh, things will be somewhat easy. But here's the 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 side problem with that is there's environmental storytelling that you can do that doesn't require a map marker for every damn thing. And Generation Zero is a good example of that, yeah, where I've... they'll tell you, you know, you give it, you get a clue. Look, uh, you you explore the the site, you get a clue. Um, it's something's in this direction, but they don't tell you exactly where, because people are spoiled by map markers everywhere. Well, I think I'm going to be honest. I think Generation Zero sets up a better expectation of that sort of thing. Like I was looking at the, um, I was looking at the uh, the Steam page for the Planet Crafter just as like. Like, cause I read, I read it before I played it and I'm like, did I miss something where it tells you it's all hardcore and you're not going to have a lot of like, and the the steam page does not tell you much about the game. Like, I think if, and I think if the, the steam page maybe had like, had a little more text about this is a hardcore game, you know, and you're going to have little information and you're going to have to find your own way. You know, maybe I would have gone in there with a different expectation. You know what I mean? But like it it mentions nothing about that. And maybe they don't feel they need to. I'm not a developer. I don't know. But if it were me making a hardcore game with like and and like and and uh and I've seen other Steam pages do this where it's like, uh, this is a hard game. You don't have map markers, you're gonna have to find your own stuff. You know, I've other I've seen other games say that on their Steam page. I'm like, okay. Thanks for telling me that. You know, I I appreciate I appreciate the heads up, but um, I know I'm giving the Planet Crafter a lot of crap. It's not a bad game, folks. I just want to say that off the bat. It's not a bad game. It's a it's a bad game for the way that you play games. Yeah, it's a good game. It does it 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 does what it says in the tin, but at the same time, I think if there had been like one more paragraph paragraph saying this is a difficult. This is a hardcore game. We give you as little information as possible, and we expect you to find stuff on your own. Be like, okay, at least I know that going in. You know what I mean? At least I know going in that this is going to be challenging. That's fine. But like, there are like I don't know. It doesn't really. I don't, I'm, I can't watch the trailer right now, obviously. But this, the text on the Steam page doesn't even lean into any kind of setting an expectation. And maybe that's another important. Uh, important thing that needs to be done on the behalf of the uh, developer is set an expectation for the player. Because, yeah, this the Steam page is a bit bare bones. It does not tell you much. Um, you like, know, a, a, go ahead. Uh, a good example, and this goes back to when I believe the guy's at first, I know his first nickname is Rocket, and I think the last name is Hall, but when Rocket Hall was... Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, was involved with Daisy still. And uh, he was on the other show. And on the show, he would pointed this out. And it was, I don't know if it still is there, but when you would go out to play the game, it was a it was emblazoned all over the page is that the average life expectancy of any character with permadeath and in a game with that's permadeath is 90 minutes. And that was like I expected it to be hard. Uh, and so, you know, I didn't complain when I died all the time. But on the other hand, after a while, you know, without a lot of in-game help, it kind of got daunting. Yeah. Well, here's the funny thing. On the Steam page for Day Z, the first sentence says, there are no map markers, daily quests, or scoreboards to help you create your story. I'm like, oh, well. He kind of set an expectation well, it, right from jump. Yeah, exactly. Right there. It sets your expectations a very, very clearly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. And I think the Planet Crafter page, uh, and, and again, not to get, not to shit too much on the Planet Crafter. It's, again, it's a good game, but I think, I think if, if, if I had read that on the Planet Crafter page before playing it, I'd be like, oh, okay. I, all right. I know going in that this is going to be a little, this is more challenging than my usual, you know, but they didn't, you know, they didn't do that. And 
Oh, there are a lot of people playing DayZ right now. <laughs> I know? just wanted to, I just wanted to do a kind of a little shout out to another member of the show because we were talking about, you know, instructions in game and mm-hmm. Hell World has instructions in game. Pal World, the, that new Pokemon-y uh, game? Okay. Yes. And I know a lot of people, there's some controversy, but I think the controversy is more made up by media than it really is, because if Nintendo doesn't care and they have lawyers on speed dial who just love to come down on people. Well, I, I, think, I think the other controversy about that game is that the CEO of the company that makes it was very vocal in being pro- AI art. Yes, um, that's true. Which yeah, is that's true. Which is not but great. I, I, I just wanted to say that sometimes when you're playing a game, if you get stuck, what's really nice is to have someone like Devil D that you can just say, I'm stuck. I need <laughs> help. <laughs> right. So I, I, I guess I guess the question then is in this day and age, should developers expect that there's a community that players can rely on for information or should they supply that information themselves? Does that make any sense? It it depends on the, on the game. I guess it, it depends, depends on, on the game. Their target. It depends on their game, the target audience. Some are more, let's say, um, uh, the vampire survivors like games. There are plenty of uh, wikis and such for those, not necessarily because they need them, but because there are unlock requirements for certain characters that that uh, or for certain weapons, challenges, that kind of thing, where mm-hmm. people will say, "Okay, this is this is information that's not going to be in the game, so we'll provide it so that other people can who will be looking for this will have that information." The community supports the game by putting that there, and so people who need that info have a place to look for it. But it's never going to be put directly in the game because why would you give away all your all all your secrets, so to speak, as a developer? Uh, it doesn't make sense to do it to to put everything in the game for that onboarding and and approachability are separate from the target audience in this case. Because if your target audience is someone uh, someone like the hardcore ARMA community, you're not going to put everything in the game. You're going to expect them to do their own research. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You're going to expect them to, to go into it with an, ex- with an expectation of what they are in for and what information they need to know in order to have a a viable experience a viable gaming experience people don't just fire up arma for the first time as their very first game they just well, don't okay. some people do uh, some people do specific... but the, but they are very um they're already in that ecosystem if they do yeah typically it's done because someone else convinced them to do so and that someone else can typically just hover around them and tell them hey do that thing that way yeah but they don't buy it blind and play it <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. Is so, they're not going to buy it blind and, and play a game that they know is not targeted for them or necessarily have an idea is not targeted for them. Jacob, let me ask you something. I, oh, go ahead, Thorsten. Go ahead. I want to stay uh, uh, for a short time uh, with uh, Black Crafter uh, because that's, that's an in- interesting example in, in, in my opinion. I've played the demo first and uh, by playing the demo, I really found out very early that this game isn't for me. It's mm. it's, it's as you it's not a bad game. Wait, which game, uh, Thorsten? Sorry, which game, Thorsten? Uh, uh, Blood of Crafter. I'm I'm I'm, st- I'm still speaking about uh, Planet Crafter. And oh, Planet uh, Crafter. Right. Sorry. Yeah. And. Um, Oh, now I lost. I'm so sorry. I just wanted to. I'm so sorry. <laughs> played the tutorial and you decided that it wasn't for you. No, I, 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 played, I, I played the demo. Oh, the demo. Excuse me. That's the, the demo version of it. And uh, I really, really uh, found out very early that, that this game wasn't for me. 
Um, so sometimes a demo might help more to decide uh, uh, if if a game is is for you or not, and if if the information for you available is is is, is enough in game. I I have to say on a side note tangent, I am honestly loving this resurgence of demos that we've been seeing lately these last few years because I love it. Oh yes, they were gone for like forever. They were just gone you know they weren't demos for anything and then and then steam decided to do next fest and suddenly there's a zillion demos but it's great it's 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 just so great for everyone yeah i'm i'm very glad that uh back <laughs> yeah i mean i note on on demos real quick uh, yeah that some people complain about well the demo is available only during the next fest and then it's gone that's the well, point. yeah. There's a reason for that. The Th- there's a reason for that. If the if a game is still in development, they they put out a demo so that you can have an idea of how the game is doing at that time. If there's more development to be done, it's going to render that demo obsolete, and people are going to play it and say, "Wait, this doesn't look like the game that I was playing." Oh, I've seen that happen and so many times. Oh, it's, it's not like the demo. Well, I mean, the demo was made a year ago. What do you want? I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I have an actually a negative example of that. And that is uh, a space mechanic simulator, which I loved as demo, but uh, the final version is. <clears throat> that's weird. <laughs> that's, that's usually it doesn't go that way, but all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, usually it's, it's the other way around. <laughs> But I mean, we had developers on our Discord talking about how great demos are for engagement, you know, and and they're just apparently wonderful. So I I, I remember demos back in the day when you get a disc with a with a magazine, you're like, oh, I could play ten demos this month, you know, <laughs> so great. So yeah, we love demos. Uh, <laughs> demos are great for everyone. Um, Jacob, since you're here, I wanted to ask you something. Um, I'm listening. Regarding DCS. Uh, oh, boy. Now, I, I, I think I touched DCS once, and that was like years ago, so I don't know if it's different. But there is no, if I remember correctly, there is no any kind of in-game tutorial for anything in that game. Am I remembering that correct? Is, is, is it so? That is not necessarily correct. Okay, okay. So, because... Okay, I'm curious. Tutorials... There is, it's weird, because there isn't a tutorial for the game itself, but there is. there are separate tutorials for every single aircraft, and they are designed by whoever ported it over and made the, uh, and made the actual aircraft in the game, because, again, it has a... A lot of these are third party, which means that tutorials exist, but they're of extremely varying quality. <laughs> for example, tutorials for the F-14 Tomcat uh, and anything by Heat Plus. So the F-14 Tomcat, the uh, uh, the Vigan, and the soon and the soon coming F-4 Phantom, brilliant, absolutely spectacular stuff. No questions asked. You will you could sit in a real plane and fly and fly it after like an uh, after like an hour. They're that good. Wow. Others vary in terms of usefulness. And there's of course the issue that each of these is a study level uh, is a study level aircraft that has all the clicky buttons and switches and a lot of them aren't really necessary for what DCS simulates. Hmm. Because in a lot of aircraft half the study procedure is check if the thing that's supposed to be working is working. <laughs> and the chance and the game doesn't really simulate a thing that isn't supposed to be working randomly not working or at least it shouldn't <laughs> it, it, it doesn't do that intentionally I'll put it that way there is some uh, occasional shenanigan right <laughs> there, are, there are some there are times where your missiles just decide to quit on the job oh really <laughs> yeah, occasionally I have had multiple uh, seen many a time where a perfectly launched missile just decided, nope, I'm not tracking. I'm just going that way. Bye. Well, that's that, that's encouraging to hear that something as hardcore as DCS. Because if I recall correctly, the IL two games do not have any kind of tutorial at all. Um, I don't actually recall one either. And okay, they sort of do, 
in the same way that they have some tutorials that teach you how to fly an aircraft or like a specific aircraft, but they do so very poorly and it's weirdly inaccessible for some reason. Yeah, I don't. Okay, and honestly, they may as well not have. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, I didn't know those existed. I must not have been able to find them because I just. I don't blame you because I remember <laughs> not being able to find them for months. <laughs> months. Oh, that's great. I mean. Things like I learned the vast majority of uh, my IL2 from YouTube videos and actually reading reading manuals. So I wonder I, I wonder if that's a thing we've also come to rely on these days is people making videos on YouTube as the replacement for a lot of information. I mean YouTube or Steam guides. Yeah, or, or Steam, Steam guides, guides and wikis. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there is the issue I mean DC, as I mentioned, has a similar problem, actually. While nominally every module comes with a manual, there is this, fe- there is this fella uh, the players all know and love called Chuck. <laughs> Chuck makes Chuck's guide to, uh, each of the, uh, to each of the plays in DCS. And they're basically some of the best and most comprehensive manuals I have ever seen. Wow. Are these, vid- wait, are these video guides or are they textual guides? Nope. They're, they're, PDF, uh, they're PDF manuals. You can Holy print crap. them out and some people do. Holy crap. <laughs> That's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. And the man has done the work for every single play in the game so far, including the obscure ones that no one flies. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, damn. That's, again, relying on the community, but that's, that's great. That, that's great. Yep. I guess, a diff- I guess another difference between now and back then, like, like Starfleet and Gunship and whatnot, is there wasn't really a community. Like there was, but there yeah. wasn't. Like, like you might be able to find a community on CompuServe if you were lucky enough to have a three hundred baud modem. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not like people who played video games went outside and went into you know cafes and such to talk about video games. And if they did Still back, then, if, they, if they did back then, they wouldn't find anyone because far fewer people were playing video games back then. But uh, I, I guess that is. I guess that's kind of the crux is that we ha- we've come to rely a lot more on communities than we ever have before for this sort of thing, which is not a bad thing. It just it makes me wonder how much onus should be put on the developer then to provide information. Like, is it up to the developer or is it up to the community net these days? It is difficult to say to quote, uh, to quote, you know, the developer of Delta V who, uh, uh, who, who, when he showed up on the podcast, you could theoretically do infinite tutorializing. That's true. Because that is true. You can theoretically tutorialize every single thing in the game, but there is both an upper and a lower limit to what can be considered sensible and reasonable. Yeah. And it's hard to determine and quantify what exactly that would make. Yeah, it is tough. Uh, like I, th- I think a good example of someone doing it right is probably Distant Worlds 2. Because... Every screen has that like kind of guide that'll tell you what everything is, but it's optional and you can turn it off. But it also has the in-game uh, encyclopedia as well. For you, yeah, to refer a lot to of maybe. the times, I feel like the big thing with tutorializing is the optionality. That theoretically should be a tutorial on everything, but only, uh, uh, but only if the player wants it. You know what? There should and be. There a- are games that. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say you know it should be on everything, everything that even in, even if there's no tutorial, these things will help. Tooltips, every fucking thing. True. Goddamn tooltips tool tip. on everything. Fucking everything. Tooltips on every goddamn thing. Developers, if you're hearing if, me, all the fucking tooltips. Ha- <laughs> yeah, if your game is it all mouse based, based on like clicking clicking interface commands, tooltips on bloody well everything. Have you s- tooltips. Have you seen the tooltips for Old World? There are uh, yes, stacked. I have. Yeah, they're stacked. They have tooltips among tooltips that <laughs> lead to other tooltips that you can like pin, so you can have those tooltips up. <laughs> it's like fucking perfect. Insane. No, no, it's, it's, all, it's all the tooltips, please. It's beautiful. It's so it makes me cry. It's so beautiful. That's the best tooltips implementation I have ever seen. Yeah, d- developers. It, it, even if you don't tutorialize everything, fucking tooltip everything. Jeez. Oh my God. I can't emphasize this enough. My God. <laughs> like, 
I don't I don't think Planet Crafter. I'm going back to this game because it's kind of the it was kind of the it's the impetus for this whole episode. Um, I don't think that had tooltips, did it? Not much, not many. I don't think. Not Very really, many. as I saw. Huh? Very little, as I saw. Yeah, I don't think it had yes. many tooltips. And again, it's in early access. I think. Um, right. Yes. Still I was access. going to continue a thought because go ahead. Go ahead. There are because uh, speaking of the thing about. The thing about tutorials is you can again tutorialize everything, but there is a again there is also a lower limit on how much you should tutorialize. I kind of actually stumbled upon this recently with Helldivers 2, which, while a great game, has a mild problem with just not telling you a bunch of really important stuff and controls. <laughs> like, for oh, example, yeah. it just doesn't. There is an entire mechanic where where you can like hold uh, hold the reload button. To, uh, to check how many uh, ma- uh, to both check how many rounds you have in a magazine and also readjust things like fire modes and uh, rate of fire on machine guns and even scopes it's basically your like big weapon adjustment button hmm. and the game never tells you it's there yeah. oh so that the sounds- game has an actual full on tutorial that sounds like something that sounds like very gamepad centric controls right there a button that does multiple things it once, is once, and that's but fine it also doesn't tell you like <laughs> i would like to have known that that's a button or for example there's a dedicated going prone button and that i don't have to do a swan dive every time i want to drop to the f- uh, drop to the floor i probably will but it's nice having the option but it looks so cool <laughs> getting your face into a rock nice. afterward it's it's nice that I'm making it's nice to know that I'm making a choice to to to, to do a mag- magnificent face first swan dive into well, the ground every I'm wondering time. If that's every a time th- I do so. I'm wondering if that's a specific choice with that game because that that the people who made that game they want you to they, I think they want you to fuck up because it's funny and the less they tell you the more likely you are to fuck up. Excuse my language, but. Um, True. Though there is some other obscure stuff. The big thing I dislike, and this is partially a, and this is partially a general uh, issue that I can sort of break down. If you have statistics on uh, on like weapons or items and such, and the game never explains to you what those statistics exactly do. What? Yeah, Helldi- in Helldivers, uh, for example, you have thing uh, you have things like uh, uh, like armor penetration on weapons, which is which uh, which goes light, medium, and presumably heavy. It never tells you what is light armor, medium armor, or heavy armor. It also has some certain weapons with the explosive tag. It doesn't tell you what that tag does besides exploding, which <laughs> sometimes it also doesn't explode. Can confirm. Oh boy! <laughs> and and there's all kinds of and there's all kinds of stuff that the game just does not tell you, which is very annoying. Because the only way to... Fi- because it's not like something that you just figure out by trial and error. You have to figure it out by doing an entire scientific method of, like, go... Of, like, go dropping into a mission and then figuring out if the if the weapon does more damage or if the weapon does less damage against certain stuff. Or, for example, if your armor actually reduces damage by a meaningful amount or if it does not. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. I just thought, like, the opposite type of thing was like Titanfall 2 where it spent like the whole first level explaining just about every goddamn thing <laughs> so you'd be prepared yeah. for, what, for what's ahead uh, sounds like it's the opposite of that <laughs> yeah again both have their, their own problems and while I in the end I prefer op- information to be there even if it's op- even if it's annoying rather than not be there I mean, it sounds that's my preference. It sounds like it's not holding you back from enjoying the game. Ultimately, no, it's is- not. It's just it just fiddly and requires a lot of uh, a, a lot of asking and experimenting. <laughs> Maybe that's what they want. <laughs> but, uh, I guess so. But they didn't tell you. <laughs> nope, they did not tell me. Like, could you be a bit more clear, please, with your intent? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's another thing. Like. When you're making a game, something, a creative endeavor like this, I guess it could be hard to remember to tell your audience some things. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you get lost in the making of the thing. You remember, you forget who you're making it for and what to tell them. You know what I mean? I, I think that might be a possibility. You know, because... I'm make- not so sure on that one. Because 
Well, if you're making a game, you generally know what audience you're aiming for from the get-go. Right, but I'm saying it's so easy to get wrapped up in the minutia of making a game, you might forget to tell players a certain thing. You know what I mean? It's not I'm not saying it's a malicious or intended thing. It's just, you know, you, especially with, you know, smaller teams and single developers, like I don't know how many people worked on Planet Crafter, um, but I'm sure uh, multiple people worked on Helldivers. And and part of and part Certainly. And I'm and just part of me wonders if like that's a thing like the stuff that Jacob is saying they didn't include, did they forget? <laughs> Did they forget to put it in there because they were working on something else? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fair question. I don't know the answer. I mean, I don't either, obviously. but it just seems like like the information that Jacob just said the game doesn't tell you seems like a weird amount of information to yeah to not have <laughs> to, while simultaneously over explaining other stuff in some ways. Oh, really? <laughs> it's inconsistent uh, and I uh, guess that and I guess that's my biggest problem at this point with uh, with tutorials it, the worst thing you could do with a tutorial is being consistent yeah. in, in either direction in either yeah. direction yeah. yeah because if you if you're the sort of tutorial that's, that, that, sets, that sets yourself up as telling you everything then if you don't tell the player something they're gonna go why didn't you tell me that and then if and then if you don't say anything, then the player has to figure everything out. And if then you suddenly start over explaining something, it's like go away. Too much information. I'm yeah. You chucked me into this pool. It. Thank you very much. You, you you threw me into off the deep end. Don't try and teach me how to swim now. <laughs> don't throw the don't throw the freaking floaties at me. I know how to swim already. I, I really appreciated the uh, Evercron Legacy tutorial when right in the beginning they're like, "Hey, this is gonna take about two hours, and we're gonna tell you just about everything, but it's gonna take about two hours." <laughs> like, oh Jesus, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's the crux. Maybe setting up the expectation is the real crux of the problem. Like. I mean, um, there's there's so much they can put in and out of game, and some players are still going to be lost, or or they're going to go in with an expectation that is unrealistic. Uh, I'll give an example mm -hmm. uh, from one from one of your streams. Uh, <laughs> Star, the Starship Troopers. Starship. I knew you were gonna fucking bring up Starship Troopers. <laughs> well, yeah, because it makes sense. It fits in with, with the topic. Yeah, folks, if you didn't watch okay, I'm my... sorry, I missed what you said. Okay, so there's oh, a Starship... Okay, go ahead, Spaz. Yeah, so the Starship Troopers RTS uses mostly standard RTS mechanics. The one thing that it does do that most RTS games don't is that it fields of fire are are important to be maintained. And if you have troops in front of other troops, they will not fire through them. Mm -hmm. which which makes total sense from a gameplay standpoint but it got brian's hackles very much raised because he expected it to be like any other rts where that is not an issue yeah it it set it set a wrong expectation because he went in thinking this is like any other rts why is it not working this way <laughs> Yeah. And I could see your frustration, but it was very clear on the store page that it, that you do have to watch your fields of fire. That's that's on the store page that you cannot fire through your, you know. So I've always wondered whether I should go back and give that game another whirl on a stream because I feel kind of bad about that one. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I, I feel I feel like I I quit before I should have. I don't know. It's, it's not a bad game I just didn't treat it properly um, on a kind of a similar note like with that Stargate game recently like it's at the storm pit the steam page didn't really explain that it's a commando style stealth game I found that out through the steam reviews <laughs> Yeah, I was surprised. I thought it was an XCOM like. That's what I thought too, but no, it is a. That's, what, that's, 
most of what a lot of people thought. That's what a lot of people thought. And then the reviews were like, this is a stealth, this is a stealthy stealth game. I'm like, oh, really? And it's not exactly, that's not bad. It's also not what I was buying. It's, it's, it's not bad. I thought once, once I had that expectation, I had a really good time going in. I mean, I played it on baby level, I know, but I still like knowing what it was from jump. You know, I had a much. It did more, make it easier to get onboarded, and the fact that I was helping you through it also. That also did help, yeah. Sure. But I, th- I think the big thing is setting the proper expectation, and maybe that, maybe that's my big takeaway from all this. Like, I don't think Planet Crafter set a proper expectation, but, and I, I again, the Stargate game also didn't set a proper expectation, but because of reading reviews, I had my expectation changed. And uh, and it worked out much better. And I had much more fun with that one than I did. I feel like I should revisit. What do you think, Spaz? Should I revisit Starship Troopers, the Starship Troopers game? I think I think you have too many other games on the backlog at the moment. When yeah. things calm down a bit, then maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, calm down. Do you know how long the list is? It's so fucking long. <laughs> I know the long I know it's a long list. It's one of the re- one of the other reasons we haven't been doing multiplayer streams is because it's of so too much long. backlog. It's it's uh, the, the, you didn't even uh, do flight simulators for 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 a year or so. Yeah, the, I think doing the flight sims are what killed it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I kind of don't mind that because it was kind of a nice break for my brain, you know. <laughs> so I think it worked. Um, I have a a quick question for go you f- then. go for it. All right, here's the thing: is when you have a game that a lot of people who are seasoned players of the type, for example, Total War, they expect their audience to be uh, a seasoned player who really knows the game. Mm -hmm. But then you come out with something, say, Total War Warhammer, and I say, I've never played a game like this before, but I'm a real Warhammer fan. And how much responsibility then does the developer have to like say warn someone that say, well, you might not like this game. You might have a difficult time with this game or try and onboard someone who's new to that type of game. Where does the line drawn? What kind of responsibility do you think the developer has? I I think the, I think a lot of the onus is on the developer to, either in the on the steam store page or in their trailers or something clearly say this is a game for total war players this is a game for warhammer players i think it's also on i'm not the- sure on that one brian okay oh uh, okay let me let me uh, explain here okay the reason i say i'm not so sure they should do that is because if if they if they overcorrect on how much they try to warn the player, mm. they might turn off people who have played their other games and know what they're getting into. And if they if they read, well, why are you patronizing us? Mm. We know what we're getting if we're buying a Total War game. Okay, so so it's so so also- good. There's a balance to be struck, but I don't so, know where that line is. Well, I guess it's a- go ahead, Thurston. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, on the very least on the Steam page or on the homepage, maybe you outline everything the game offers as clearly as you can to help inform the potential player of what they're getting into. You don't, maybe you don't say, oh, this is for Warhammer people or this is for Total War people. Like, clearly outline everything the game does so a potential buyer could be like, okay, it does this. I'm not interested in that sort of thing. Or it does this. I am interested in that sort of thing. Like give the player as much information about what kind of game they're getting into in turn. Like I love steam games that have a lot of text and gifs and whatnot and bulleted feature lists and all kinds of things. I love lengthy steam pages. That's clearly lay out exactly the type of game that you're getting into here. And I think that onus, at the very least, is on the developer to very, as clearly as they feel they can, explain what the game offers to a player. And then it, I think at that point, if the player reads all that or looks at the looks at the trailer, yada yada, yada and they still have questions, they can ask the community. They can watch a let's play that sort of thing. 
But I think most of the onus is on the developer to, as clearly as possible, explain what their game offers to a potential customer, if that makes sense. Here's while, I do agree, while I do agree very much with you, Brian, mm-hmm. the problem is that it's, it's completely uh, counterintuitive to, uh, to everything uh, uh, you learn in marketing. What? That's, that's the real, yeah, that's a real problem, uh, because because uh, you 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 basically uh, uh, close the the, the 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 gap between for buyers, you know. Uh, I'm not. Everyone. I'm, every, go ahead. Sorry, I'm not following. Everyone, everyone, everyone is. Uh, if you do that, uh, you you basically uh, already quit some 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 people uh, that would probably not buy the game and even if they are are, are not not uh, comfortable with the game uh, then but uh, i don't know i don't know if you if you get me right now but uh, you you do effecti- effectively effectively uh, uh, stop uh, uh, people from buying your game so wait you're saying that if you give the if you give the potential customer Excuse me. More information you can turn them off from a game. Probably, probably yes. Again, I'm I'm, I'm very much uh. with you uh, on on the topic, but uh, it's it's against anything you 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 learn about marketing. It's yeah. the same mindset of it's the same mindset of someone opening up a tutorial and seeing a lot of text and saying I'm not reading all of that. But see, <sighs> here's why I asked the question in the first place is. I've always been a Warhammer fan ever since the day of the. I started making painting little figurines, right, and and I uh, played their MMOs and some of their other games. But uh, if I had been told that, well, you know, here's the difficult. Either a told that the warned about the difficulty in advance and saying maybe you should start with some other game we've done i probably wouldn't have bought the games but instead i did and since there was no onboarding if you're trying to attract a new audience uh otherwise your market is just gonna can't be stale at some point if there had been better onboarding then i might have gotten more enjoyment out of it got more into that area of our hobby but as it was because neither is true that put me off from that kind of game for a long long time no matter who made it on the other hand it it, it uh, does uh, support my uh, the thing i thought before, uh, uh, said before uh, you bought the game essentially uh, nothing, nothing more. It's, it's, it's nothing more important for them. See, I disagree because if you depend on just basically hoodwinking your audience into buying a game, no matter whether they'll enjoy it or not, I don't think. No matter what you industry you're in, I don't think you're going to last very long as a business. Well, their target audience is 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 twofold. It's people who like Warhammer with a Venn diagram crossed over of people who already like Total War games. The problem is you are not someone who liked Total War games to begin with, so you're only half of the target audience. And they're not going to convert you into someone who likes Total War games because the Total War game series has been around a long time and it's an expectation that if you like total war and you like warhammer that's their target audience not people who only like one but not the other well see the reason i said what i just did was in response to what torsten said is if somebody thinks my only concern as a developer or any having any kind of business is just i sold my product once and that's that's all that matters is because, for example, you think about the automobile industry. Uh, I've had a Honda Civic that's a 1991, and it's still going like running like the day I bought it. But if, on the other hand, I buy a car and it's a piece of garbage, I'm going to tell absolutely everybody I know and warn them not to buy this kind of car. And I think that 
that's what happens no matter what your product is. The problem is the problem is uh, like Spaz said, uh, you you can't compare the two two things. I mean, uh, if you if you buy a car, if you want a, a sports car for a, a, or a hyper sports car, and uh, buy instead an SUV. Um, you can tell everyone that 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 the SUV is garbage, but nobody believes you in, in that case. Hmm. Well, see, at, uh, least, at least at least not not those not those, not those guys that, that are fans of of, of SUVs. So the otherwise, it's the otherwise you'll end up with like, and I wish I could remember the developer said it, but it was some game developer, and I was talking with a friend about it the other day, about basically just said, well, the problem isn't that we haven't done a good job. You just don't understand. I was one of the, oh, I think it was somebody from the Bethesda Corporation, but it was saying that you just don't understand the industry or you don't understand how hard it is to make a game. And it's like the friend said, well, I don't have to know how to assemble a 440 cubic inch blown V8 to know that it's a bad engine if it doesn't start. And so the onus, I think, should be on the developer or the whoever's producing what product to have good communication with the market and just say, well, you know, as long as I, and see, I, what I disagree with is somebody saying, long as I've sold at least one of the product, you should keep in mind and you need to keep your audience, no matter who the audience is happy. Don't, don't get me wrong. Don't, don't get me wrong, uh, Julie. You are completely right. And I'm fully on board with you. But uh, the problem, the problem is, is essentially that that, uh, that the publishers don't think that way. From the publisher <laughs> mind, that a sale is a sale, yeah. and any and if and if people complain, then then well, that can be that can be turned into press because people will still buy the game, regardless of whether or not anyone decides they want to boycott or say, oh, this is not the, the game that you want, uh, or this is not the game I was expecting. It doesn't matter to the publisher as long as the sale is made. Yeah. That's the reality of it. Now, whether or not we agree <sighs> is, a, is a different thing entirely. But... I, yeah. I, I, I like how we've talked for now over an hour, and we still haven't come to a consensus between all of us. <laughs> 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 we, because and there's a reason we can't come to a consensus is because the, the line is too nuanced. Cons- yeah. If there was a consensus, someone would figured it out already. Yeah, and I know. Kind of the I problem. know. I just think it's funny. I just think it's if funny. If there was a clear cut solution to, to how to tutorialize a game, we wouldn't be sitting here. That's true. I just think it's funny. <laughs> well. This is why when you're interviewing somebody, they say never ask a yes or no question. How interesting would the podcast be if somebody say, "Okay, we've got to figure it out in five minutes." That's all. Bye. No, I know, I know. I just, I just think it's funny how, like, after an hour, we're all still kind of like, "I don't like it. I don't. I like it." You know, <laughs> I like. I don't feel like my position has moved at all, <laughs> personally. <laughs> uh it's such a it is such a nuanced thing. It is such a <laughs> it is such a nuanced thing. I don't I don't I don't think we're gonna come to a consensus. But um I guess I guess the, the, the best thing we can end with is the fact that there's so many great games out there and that there's something for everyone uh is great and you just have to know what works for you and what doesn't. I guess it comes down to your personal choices, I guess. Like I know Dwarf Fortress won't work for me. I know that. That's why I haven't bought it. That's why I'm probably never going to buy it because I know Dwarf Fortress is not a game for me. <laughs> but um, I guess know thyself. I guess that's the thing we got to work. I guess that's the, the big deal is, is know yourself. Because um, I'm not going to play DCS. I'm not going to play Dwarf Fortress. You know, because I, I, you know, I know what I like. So that is the good thing is that there's something for everyone. And if you want to read a wiki in a little in a little window while you play a game, that's your thing. That's fine. <laughs> there are some games where I do have a web browser open like in Steam 
to to get information like 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 Inquisitor, because you know on their these things called Void Crusades, some people have made up these guides on how to best go through these these uh, crusades, and so I have those up. So I'm not I do the same thing for certain games. Um, I I just I don't know. <laughs> I guess I just wish more games would set a better expectation. You know, I guess that's, I guess that's where I fall. Um, what about you guys? Anything to add before we wrap up? Tutorials really. are hard to write. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tutorials and guides are both hard to write. Yeah. No and one. If, if you haven't done it, you don't know. Yeah. No, no <laughs> one. We, we all appreciate when a, there's a good tutorial and friends, that's what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, we thought we'd bounce off this topic to the topic of uh, good onboarding and tutorialization. And um, we thought we'd talk about the games we can think of, the games that we love that had good tutorials going in. And uh, not just tutorials, but good onboarding tooltips. Oh, my God. Tooltips. <laughs> uh, good manuals that uh, really helped us get into the game. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about next week. So we're kind of bouncing off this topic onto a similar topic next week. Um, and that should, that should be, that should be a little more straightforward. <laughs> yeah. This might be like, You'd the, think. yeah, this might be the most nuanced <laughs> show we've ever had. <laughs> like we've talked about, we've talked about many serious topics. We've talked about many serious topics from accessibility to, uh, to to approach it. we've talked about many serious topics and yet i think this one might be the most nuanced and nebulous one we've ever had <laughs> because um, there are many answers yeah there's no one answer that's true um but um yeah so that's what we're going to talk about next week and then tomorrow uh i'm going to play um a game with some good tutorials warhammer 40,000 battle sector there's a new tau expansion for that one and so that's what we're going to play tomorrow tau, tau. <laughs> the party people known as the Tau <laughs> for the greater good <laughs> the greater good uh, so that's going to do it for today uh, my friends thank you so much for hanging out with us and, uh, and listening uh, great chat as always um, Thanks to everyone who's gotten vaccinated because we live in a goddamn society. If you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, please do so. Please. I shouldn't have to keep saying this, but I'm going to get fucking vaccinated. Get your flu shots. Wear a mask. They work. They all freaking work. The science is there. They work. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to keep saying this. Um, maybe one day we'll get out of this pandemic, but it's not today. This is going to take a while. It's probably not going to be tomorrow. Not in my lifetime. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I hope the pandemic ends in our lifetimes, but who, the, who knows? The last one lasted eight years, roughly, and it's only been four. So who knows? Who knows? Um, and that was 100 years ago. So take care of yourselves and others, my friends. Wear your masks. Get your shots. We got to take care of each other if we're going to get through this. Uh, thank you, as always, to our patrons who literally keep the lights on around here. And with that, we'll see you back here tomorrow for some more Warhammer 40,000. Have a great day, y'all. Bye-bye.